We've all been calling and UEFA answered our dreams. We kick off today in the round of 16. La Demotanda got us started. A repeat of 17, four years on. I still can't believe what I've seen. The story was there. The narrative was clear. PSG wanted revenge and played with no fear. Mbappe masterclass, hat-trick at Camp Now, a historic performance. Honestly, just wow. But PSG won the first leg. We'd seen this before. Could Barca do it again? Another time. Just once more? Kaler came up big. Messi's banger canceled out. The Parisians looking to prove they've got this. No doubt. Meanwhile, Liverpool ran riot. Dispatched Leipzig with glee. Guys, if you're playing against Liverpool, don't use a back three. The Premier League champions went through with such ease. Dismissing the Jersey Walls predictions. Klopp said, bitch, please. Sevilla versus Dortmund really lived up to the hype. And though it seemed close, the Spaniards couldn't swipe or steal the tie. Holland was just too much. Four goals in two games. Bro, the man is so clutch. But the story of the round was the underdog tale of when Porto showed Turin small teams can prevail. Scored in the first minute, but job far from done. The first game ended in a measly 2-1. But big match, Ronnie, supposed to bring the heat, only got one assist. A truly terrible feat. And after regulation, the match went to extra time when Sergio Oliveira smashed a free kick. It was truly sublime. Eliminated our Juve, the old lady sent home. And for the first time since, old, since 05, the goats leave a vacant throne. Reigning champs Bayern obviously went through. One man stood out. Can you guess who? Lewandowski, of course, a goal-scoring machine. But the big man up top, driving Bavarian dreams. And speaking of big man, did you see Giroud's bike? His highlight reel. It's like the greatest we've ever seen. Leading Chelsea to the quarterfinal for the first time since 2014. City handled Gladbach, Atalanta edged by Madrid. And now we look ahead to this round where the man must stand out from the kid. The stage is now set. Only eight teams remain. Will we crown a new champion or will it be more of the same? Bayern host Paris in a rematch from last year. Holland has his city tryout. The Etihad screams, he's here. Chelsea drew giant slayers, but do they have enough? Cracking Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea puzzle is proving quite tough. Madrid versus Liverpool could go one of two ways. Madrid's competition mindset kicks in or they crash out in a blaze. Kings will be crowned on May 29. But until then, the anxiety sends shivers down my spine. Who will face off Istanbul in the spring? Who will be standing? Who will be crowned king? It all starts right now. The quarterfinals await. So grab your popcorn and your drink. This is going to be great. Boom. Boom. What's a ballad, man? Ballad. Ah, historic performance like Mbappe at the Camp Nou. <laughs> Whew. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to episode number 83 of the Jersey Wall podcast. We sincerely hope you enjoyed that opening. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. With me, as always, Brethren FC, Mina Gali. Mina, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Where would I be? Like, where I'm sitting right now? Am I Am I Chris? Am I Meg? Am I Stewie? You're definitely not Meg, because I value your opinion. Yeah, because <laughs> Meg is usually in a room, right? Like, she, or if we go on, on I feel like to collectively, the two of us sitting on this couch is a perfect Brian Stewie segment. We just have to decide who's who. Oh, by the way, in case you haven't, in case you're wondering, uh, Mina is sitting on, or his virtual background of today is for those who are just listening. He's in the living room of Family Guy on that nice pink couch. And so our discussion is yep. leading us to believe, well, which one, who, who are we? Who are we in the Family Guy of life? Now, before we get into that, before we get into our Champions League show of today, happy Easter, everybody. 
Happy Easter to everyone celebrating, man. Brethren, in our first take of this uh, of this episode, when I messed up, I realized something, and I had a very good line that I thought I should bring back. Do it. Which is that Easter Monday, right? So we were all, for all those celebrate Easter, we've been waiting. We've been waiting for a while, right? <laughs> the return of the king on the Sunday. Well, guess what? Guess what else we've been waiting for? The return of the Champions League. And I thought that Boom. was a pretty nice segue. And I'll probably Perfect use time. a little bit later on. But hello, looking at you sitting on that couch. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know who I you think, are today. Yeah, I think it would have to be Stewie, right? Because you probably. you saying like one of us is Stewie, one of us is Brian. I value both of us enough that neither of us are Brian, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. If you think the poem was pretentious, I guess I'm Brian because I'm kind of a writer. Yeah, but Ryan never wrote anything. He was just always true. threatening yeah. about writing something. <laughs> It's true. That's true. He's just being pretentious how's all the time a, anyway. How's a, little, how's a little book coming there, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I I'm still definitely on the accent. I, yeah, okay, that's fair. Oh, okay, so for nothing yeah. else, you got to be Stewie for that. You know what? I'll, I'll accept that. But uh, do you remember the time that Quagmire just absolutely torched Tore Brian? Him. Told yes. him everything he didn't like about him? Yeah, I don't know if I want to be Brian. I feel like I'm more of a Seth MacFarlane, though. I got characters. Yeah, you do. You know, you do. You 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 absolutely are. Because you're not. Neither of us is Peter. No, no. Right. Far too smart. Neither of us and live on. We would be arrested if we were if we were Quagmire. We're both in long term relationships. Yep. Can't do that either. Neither of us are as boring as as Joe. I mean, listeners might have different opinion, but well, I well, no. Like Joe is Joe. That, yeah. Right. The the link is there. Sorry, Joe. For no other reason, your legs work, but you don't. Have, but it's your namesake. <laughs> Right? I mean, knock on wood, go for a bit. Hopefully. Yeah, for now. Thank God. <laughs> Joe is Joe just because that's his name. Listen, if there was a Nathan character, I'd ha- you just have to embody, It'll right? If there was a Mina character, you'd have to embody. Why not? Of course. Dude, you know what I was thinking about? Non-Family Guy related. What are you Lee and I about? were chatting the other day. We were talking, you know, we watched this show called Unexpected on uh, on TLC, which is right. uh, about teen pregnancy, right? Now, we beat that. So we don't have to worry about that, right? But the question is, you know, you do this too with that. Yeah, everybody who's been in a relationship for a long time, you think, okay, down the road, when you decide to have kids, you're going to have kid names, right? And so you guys remember from my Aguero poem uh, in the last one, I, you know, my son's name will be Sergio. Sergio. Taken. Yeah. And so we were talking about, you know, we we're like, hmm, what are some good names? And Lee and I have like a thousand names for, for a potential girl. And I know that you guys have a full on Google doc and I'll let, you, I'll let you talk about that in a second. But I was telling Lee, I was like, you know, it'd be really funny. And I want to do this just to troll with brethren if we named our daughter Mina. Oh, piss off. I'm about to I'm about to leave this meeting right now. Unbelievable. You wouldn't feel honored? You'd feel upset? No, I'd feel totally upset. All right. I'd 100% no. be upset. What are you talking about? I think it'd about? be funny. It'd be very funny. Come it'd on. be very funny, which is why I'd be upset. So yeah. <laughs> in terms of the funniness of it, yes, absolutely. The middle name. The middle name of both my children, just so you don't get upset. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll just name my son Liam or something. <laughs> hate that what's um tell, tell us about your google drive i don't know if i can to be honest i mean is that private there's, there's a google drive it, it, it is private but there's a google drive of names that the names are private you know. the fact that you have one isn't private yes yeah i mean not? sure let it be known it's we like i got a vault doc. at home i mean there's right. nothing much of it right like there's a google doc with names of potential names Bro, and that's it. Just smart, to be honest. That's I think it. it's just good business. Listen, Daria is super organized. Shout out to Daria. She's super organized. She, like, give her the shout out. She was coming in for um, she's coming in for my sister's wedding, flying from Toronto to Virginia, and not the west one, the other one. Yeah, east, neutral. <laughs> yep. 
and then not West Virginia sent me like an itinerary of all our like all our information and the, the the rows of the table were like colored that drop downs and stuff that she made I was like I was super impressed but I was like Daria you know but was it laminated send you yes it absolutely was of course it was naturally it has to be laminated you know how she has a laminator at home she also has a label maker at home like obviously she's Amy and I keep calling her this and she's like stop no I'm not she's totally Amy Santiago 100 percent Amy Santiago absolutely no question no yeah. doubt about it how do we always, servant, you know, how's that? Yeah. How do, how do we always bring our discussions back to TV show related? Are we just always, we just love television just shows, us, man. Man, to be honest. We it's love, we love watching comedy shows. We love watching comedy stuff. I mean, people make fun of me all the time because I pretty much only watch comedy shows or I rewatch oh, them too, all dude. the time. And I'm like, yep. listen, all the other shows suck. Sometimes I just want to laugh when I'm having lunch. Absolutely. I want to just be entertained with nothingness and that's what inspires these very bro talk segments yeah just nonsensical bs that's just fun to get behind makes us laugh why not and speaking yeah, and of if you TV know shows, that about those i know dude listen dude, i got the shirt today again, for just the listeners fluffy over here apparently yeah mm, drinking milk <laughs> but this is my my winnie the bish shirt my my winston bishop shirt i got a couple the, it's the summertime guy, shirt for those of you don't the, know. the hawaiian what's that the BMO guy, for those who don't know. The BMO guy. Yep, the BMO guy. Exactly. The dude from uh, from New Girl. I, and you know what? I was shocked because I remember I saw the commercial first. And I'm like, dude. Yeah. That's Winston. And you're like, what? <laughs> and I was like, bro, that is Win- that's Winston. I'm 100% sure of it. And you know what? What a gig. It was it was great because now every time I go to BMO and I'm like, because my uh, my business banking is with BMO. And every time Imagine. I go in, I'm, the, guy's, <laughs> the guy's face is right there. I'm like, hey, Winston. Dude, honestly, <laughs> it's touching. It's like Lamorne, oh, but it's a summertime shirt, you know. Like I feel like as the as this weather gets nice, and I know, I know, we're in false spring. This isn't real spring, right? We still have. I yes. remember vividly shoveling my driveway the past few years. For everybody listening outside of Ontario or just outside of Canada, quite frankly, you guys don't know. You guys don't we know. Have a, we have a storm storm imminent. We don't know at what least it is. at least one more. And yesterday, yeah. when it's plus eighteen, I'm really considering. You know, maybe I should change my winter tires, you know, put them back to my regular tires. And I'm like, but you know what? I can't. Because if I do, in two weeks, I'm going to be slipping all yeah. over the place. I mean, but it'll only last, what, like one or two days? You could stay home for that. What time did you wake Not up today? Because I, I have information for you. Well, today wasn't a good day. Today I woke up late. Full okay. disclosure, today I woke up very late. Today I woke up at like past 11. Okay. I have some news for On you. most days, I wake up at 6.30. Today, didn't have to wake up. <laughs> this morning? This yep. morning, there was frost yep. on the windows, and there was a little bit of white on people's houses. Because I live, I live oh. on a twelfth floor, so I see so everything. See <laughs> I see the canopy, the and, roofs, and yeah, there was on people's houses. There was a little bit of white on the top. Hmm. By like, because I get up at like seven. By seven thirty, they it melted because the sun was already up a little bit higher. But that's alarming. It's coming. What you're telling me is that I shouldn't be wearing my summer shirts just yet. It's different because now that, you know, Canadians, and this is very obvious, Canadians in March when it's seven degrees will be wearing short sleeves. Oh, but 100%. It's October, it's November winter. in seven degrees? Freezing. Nope. Parker. They're it's totally different seven. temperatures. I'm not, I'm convinced Absolutely just are. as time is a construct, as is uh, temperature, weather, apparently. And I didn't think that was possible because zero degrees means zero degrees, but it doesn't because when you're coming from hot, zero degrees is freezing. When you're coming from cold, zero degrees is the most beautiful weather you could ever expect. Absolutely. And we know this, right? We know this from living in Canada. The sun, the sun is so warm when you're indoors. 
Yep. And then when you go outside and it's zero two in the single digits, it's so warm because you're used to super cold. It's so nice. And I got my spring jacket, by the way, my spring jacket, I know, you know, the one, the Columbia one, the green yep. sleeves, the black, uh, like body component. I love that jacket. And, uh, I never get to wear that jacket because over the past few years, we've been experiencing less and less spring and fall, right? Mm. It's been very much like, okay, okay. Summer, 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 winter, you know, winter, <laughs> winter, winter, summer. And you're like, what the hell happened here? Like it's May, like this is supposed to be like the third month of spring. And it's right. like, we get two and a half weeks of spring. And then just scorching heat and humidity where we're like, this is just the worst. Yeah. Today you know? I went, I left the house in just a hoodie though. So that was a nice change. Oh, wow. No, I haven't. I don't know if I've braved that, that yet. I've been, I've been, the thing is, it's not like my, my spring jacket is a nice spring jacket. So I'm okay with leaving the house in it. Cause it's not, right. it's not heavy. Right. So if I wear a hoodie, I put it over, you barely feel it. But when it's cold, it helps. But when it's warm, you don't really notice. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Because sometimes that's very difficult to gauge. It like is very a, difficult. There's a good like three to four week period where you don't know if you should take a jacket or not. And then it ends up raining. And you're gonna and not to mention, or the morning when it's ice, ice freezing cold. And then by yeah. the afternoon, it's scorching degrees. hot. And you're like, yeah. what the hell's going on? Like, how do I dress for this? How do I pack it, for this it's, weather? It's terrible. And listen, going back to university next year, universities need to figure this out, right? Because mm -hmm. I can't go in to a lecture hall that's 32 degrees because you have the heater on in the middle of the winter and go outside to negative 25 degrees. You know that swing? That's almost a 60 degree swing. I can't keep doing that. And the lectures no. at McMaster are only 50 minutes, not like Ryerson where they can be three hours yep. most of the time. 50 minutes, like by the time I take off my parka and my hoodie to just sit in the lecture, the lecture's already gone. And I have to put it all back on again and leave and go on to the I next one. I think for me, my struggle was that I'm a very, very good student. I'm not saying you aren't, but I'm like, I would show up early as hell. I would be ready for all of those all the time. My biggest frustration in lecture halls in particular, because we weren't in that a lot in sport media, right? We didn't have as many lectures. We had more labs and, and hands-on classes. Yo, lecture halls need to figure out how to, like, just put hooks on the walls or something. Where am I supposed to yeah. put my jacket? What? Like, this, the chairs are so low. You get a long coat. It's dirty. It's all filled with it's whatever the hell was on your shoes. Or, yeah. All muddy, all slushy. Then my jacket, then it's going to get all over my pants when I put it back on. I can't put it on someone else's chair because what if somebody 100%. sits there? Just the worst. Just 100%. the worst. Unbelievable. Struggles of winter in Canada. No kidding. But those, you know those, what? Those are the ones that you wouldn't realize because people are always like, it's so cold. You probably get frostbite all the time. Not really because like there's heaters on everywhere. And if you have gloves and if you're wearing the proper gear, then you'll be fine. But it's all the smallest little struggles. I drink yep. coffee. And I'm sure you've had this with like a hot chocolate or something. Because you know Walking I outside, coffee. walking outside, it's already cold. I'm not saying it's freezing and it's an icicle, but it's cold. And I can't enjoy my hot drink now. Now it's just lukewarm. The thing coffee. is, I'm fine with, with lukewarm beverages. I am, especially because I don't like to scorch my palate. But the thing is, I feel like the, the restaurants do the opposite effect where they try to correct that by making it too hot. And then yeah. I can't drink it. And then for I'm like, hours. I have to burn my finger for hours. I'm like, how hot is this? I actually took the lid off one time of a hot chocolate to see it was still bubbling in the cup. It's a plastic no, it paper wasn't. cup, dude. I, no, it wasn't. Obviously, it wasn't. I'm making a point here. <laughs> obviously, right. it wasn't still boiling hot in my head. But try telling my palate that because <laughs> my palate was bubbling for hours after that, too. It was so damn hot. Yeah. Yeah, I burn my tongue all the time in the winter doing that. All the time. And then you're like, you're just there for like 12 hours with no taste buds. Yeah, pissed off, <laughs> angry. Like, damn, all I wanted was my damn drink and I <laughs> couldn't get to have it. 
Anyway, I feel like this was not, this is too negative. We have to swing this back towards the happy-go-lucky energy of the yes. summertime vibes that are coming and the Champions League that is ahead of us. And I think that's the perfect way to segue it back. Brethren, I'm wearing my summer shirts because I'm ready for May 29, the Champions League final. Right here, right now, we discuss who gets there. Dude, we got to start with City Dorman. No, we got to start even before that. The draw is Yeah, with the UEFA. The, <laughs> There's a problem here, right? There's we know there's a problem. It, the fact of the matter is everyone knows it's a problem. Everyone knows it's rigged. FIFA knows we know it's rigged. And then they continue to provide rigged draws. Because it's just, and here's how we know. We're not, we're not saying this as, and you might think that I'm salty because I'm a City fan and I'm on the way, way, way harder side of the bracket. That's fair. But I've actually gone on record a few times on this show saying, I want City to have to face tougher competition. So it's not a surprise to them later on, right? Yeah. So. That being said, this bracket is stupid. <laughs> there is no possible way that it could, that by random chance, it could be the biggest possible narratives for every possible draw. There's just no way, right? If you do something by chance, and I don't actually have yep. the odds, but I know you can confirm this math, right? There's no way that a random draw could be best case scenario for all of them. <laughs> You're telling me hypothetically, hypo just totally coincidentally. Just all the narratives, all the stories. Yeah, just... By chance, by chance, Let, let's run through some of the narratives just off the top of my head, okay? Bayern versus PSG. Oh. Last year's finalists. That's last year's final. Wow, that's so weird. You're telling me they're yep. going to play each other in the quarterfinals this year? Wow, that's, that's shocking. <laughs> then, okay, well, what happens if, uh, but don't worry, City are on the same side of that. So let's, I'll work through the bracket as storylines increase, but it. just at face value for the, for the quarterfinals. City versus Dortmund. What's the narrative there? Jane Sancho returning to Man City, Erling Holland debut for Man City, right? What's it like life at the Etihad? There we go. Let's go <laughs> to the other side of the bracket. Let's rematch this WrestleMania shot of Sergio Ramos versus Mo Salah in a rematch of last, not last year, but the year before's Champions League, right? And then don't worry, I'll get back to Liverpool and, and Madrid in just one second. Just one second. Then we have the two, the remaining, the remaining teams, right? Yep. Chelsea and Porto former Mourinho clubs, right? This is this we see this right here. The the it's at one it's time subtle. you would have said that one's subtle, but it's yeah. It's 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 lesser, but at one time we would have said if Frank Lampard's still in charge, I don't think they make it this far, but if Frank Lampard's in charge, we say these are the two weakest sides in the <laughs> left, right? Yeah. Why has that narrative changed? Don't worry, I'll get to that in a second. So let's go back to the other side of the draw. Let's say City advance. They either play in in the money derby, which is against PSG or they play the, to, to become the champions. They have to beat the champions and knock off last year's finalists, right? There's their narrative. If Dortmund win, they're going to play in Der Klassiker, or they're going to play yep. a rematch of last year's most exciting fixture in the Champions League, which was offense versus offense, PSG versus Dortmund. Thrilling. Let's go back to the other side. Where's the final this year, brethren? Do you know? Oh, it's in Istanbul, Nathan. Thank it's in you Istanbul. For you're telling me. Hmm, you're telling me Liverpool are in the easier side of a bracket where the final ends up being in Istanbul? Where, where, where they, they might have to play Chelsea? In, in the next round, that's that's crazy. Chelsea versus Liverpool is another narrative that's there. <laughs> There's, I could go on. I don't think I need to. There's a thousand stories here that coincidentally, just by chance, happen to be drawn perfectly. There's still even the possibility of a you know a Chelsea Dortmund semi uh, final. I mean, and that's a far far long shot, but that's still a narrative. There's Chelsea. There's Chelsea the two links. There's a Pulisic links. Yep. Not to mention, oh, but we could also do 
City versus Chelsea as a final, right? In England, we could also do Bayern versus Chelsea again. Ah, right. The rematch of that one. We could do, there's so many PSG and Chelsea. There's the yep. two cool links again. There's so, there's count, there's a thousand of them. Or Liverpool versus City in the final, Liverpool versus Bayern in the final. There's narratives, Liverpool, yep. PSG in the, there's so many, there's a thousand. I don't even. <laughs> so we're a little bit frustrated with the draw because let's say you had. I think we can agree the three sides we think are the strongest. We've done these before that of the remaining eight are in no particular order, city, Bayern, PSG, right? They're all on the same side. They're all on the same side, which means that since this bracket was done like this, the right side of the bracket has a very good side. Like somebody on that side doesn't deserve to be in a Champions League final and will be. Yeah. Now, I want to save my predictions for that one a little bit later. I want to start with City Dorman. Okay. Go for it. Go for it. Talk to us about the narratives. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we, I, think, I think the narratives aren't lost on anyone. But, brethren, City versus Dortmund, uh, if we can start this off with just very simply, I don't want to say who you got, but I want to introduce it because obviously we look at this as heavy favorites. So what do City have to do to get through Dortmund and vice versa? Keep Sancho and Holland quiet. That's it. Next question, please. Interesting. Come on. It's a show for the analysis. Give us something. Listen, Jaden Sancho is going to come back and he's going to want to prove something. Pep let him go. Didn't get a chance. I don't think he played for you in, in the Premier League, right? Yeah. I don't think so. Did he play a first yeah. team game? Like, has he made a I, debut? I, I don't think so. I don't think he, he right, made an go. official so, debut. Yeah. So it's going to be that. And then. It was this year's jerseys, though, like these ones. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was. I think it was Pep's first year. When Kalechi, by the way, right. was debuting, he made this kid. So we gave Kalechi a debut, but not Jane Sancho. That's fine, though. <laughs> whatever. So well, whatever. He's going to be playing with a point to prove. People have said that he's got a bad season this this season, but I think he's got double, double goals, double assist, double figure goals, double figure assists this year. And if that's a bad season, boy oh boy, <laughs> we know we know what he can do in a good season. But like, I think people need to chill a little bit. I think it was a slow start. Yeah, it was a least, slow right? start. But, you know, you can't expect everyone to do that. I think he probably was expecting to leave. I'm not saying particularly United. I think he was expecting to leave. Someone was going to come in for him, and he didn't. And it's very tough to go back into a dressing room when it's so obvious that your mind is elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, for sure, took a little bit of time for the the chemistry to gel back together with his team and everything. But there's, there's him. There's that one side. And then there's Erling Haaland. He's playing against the team that his dad played for. He's coming back and uh, and the team that is probably favorite to sign him. And this is a tri- his tryout. Fingers crossed. Fingers so, crossed. So I think in that case, you can probably keep both of them quiet with the amount of, you know, Ruben Diaz is probably going to be very instrumental in this game against Holland. Holland just seems to be doing it, um, just not for Norway, because Norway don't really have as much creativity as, as Dortmund do. Dude, honestly, I don't even want to give him an out for, for Norway. Who cares? Let the boy have a break, yeah, man. Who can exactly you, you can't you cannot average a career average of scoring every single 75 minutes. It's impossible. There's just no way. Yeah, right? and even so if even you're gonna take season, a step off anywhere, 80 something. Let it be against Norway. Yeah. Let it be or let it be Norway. with Norway. Yeah, for yeah. Norway. Let it be for Norway, right? Because I'm sure the clubs are gonna want to keep so if he if Erlen Holland never he scored nine, by the way, one time for Norway yeah. in one game. Yes. 
he's built up enough credit for Norway that he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to take a couple of games off. I'm sure they want him, but you know what? Sorloth is there to cover it, <laughs> yeah. to fill any holes that Holland lapses. Now, well, that guy sounds like a like a Star Wars villain, by the way. For sure, absolutely yeah. does. Do I do I foresee um, Holland keeping up bad Norway form for club? No, I do not. not. No chance, right? That is not the mentality that we should have. Um, obviously, I said in the poem, I think it's a it's a tryout for for Holland at at the Etihad. But that's really just the narrative that I want to construct. The fact of the matter is he's not going to go any lighter on City because he's a ruthless serial winner. He's trying to go and prove a point and score everywhere. And, and he always scores, He always scores. period. But he also always scores in big games, right? That's yeah. a pretty big game. So if I'm going to, you know, there's a, there's a ton of narratives that we can pick here. But I think if I had to kind of hone in on one, it would be City are very tight defensively. And need a striker. Yep. Dortmund score goals for fun, but can't defend for their lives. It's the so, immovable object against the indestructible force. Or exactly. Something like that. It, yeah. That's exactly it, right? The immovable object meets the unstoppable force. What happens? I'm excited to find out. I would love, I, every year, every year, City, oh, you're going to win the quadruple. Every time they pick up any run of, <laughs> well, they're going to win the quadruple. So I don't want those links, but. And the fact of the matter is I still think it would be shocking. And maybe this is too early of it because I think they'll probably edge past Dortmund. But I would say the time is, you know, apparently the time is now for City to win the Champions League. But City still have a lot of problems, right? City don't have a striker. City, if they win the Champions League, the hardest competition in the world, club club competition, the most prestigious, without a proper striker, that that's a hell of an accomplishment, right? That is one hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, so, I mean... Yes, but it's not like you're begging for goals any anyway, right? No, like no, you're still scoring goals. But the th- the we also have the lowest conversion rate, so it's just how many chances can we create versus how many can we put them in, and we just happen to create enough that it puts them in. So when Holland was playing, and I will say Holland versus Sevilla because that's really what it was. Right. Our questions for each other was: Can Dortmund outscore the amount of goals that they concede? And I think against Sevilla, you took Sevilla as the underdog. I took. Um, Dortmund as the favorites. I think that just made sense, right? Yes, of course. I think it, just, absolutely. it just it just made sense. Like, yeah, you know what? Probably Holland has enough to get it done. But Sevilla are no city, right? Like, it just on paper, you know, you watch them play. The only concern I have for City is around this time Pep starts to overthink things and complicate them for nothing. And I don't want that to be the case. I think we have a very, very good thing going here, right? With Gundogan and Rodri, they have we have our box-to-box midfielder and our defensive guy, you know, who cuts off the passing lanes and is really, really composed on the ball and can start things off. Ruben Diaz has been a godsend for City. I think we have enough to keep it tight defensively to limit Holland, even if we don't keep clean sheets. And by the way, City have kept a clean sheet in every game since their first game, but they haven't faced necessarily the 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 destroyers of the competition, right? right. Holland will be a test for that. The thing is, even if Holland goes out and scores a bunch, I think Dortmund's defense is is bad. Like, they can't defend. They cannot keep the ball into the net. And City, if we know nothing else, it's that they're very good at putting the ball in the net. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we know, right? Like, you guys don't have a striker. Yes, I understand that. And your defense is much better than, than your attack at the moment. But you still have enough, right? And it's not like you're coming in against a team that's Enough to edge back. past know, Dortmund? Maybe. Yeah. Enough you know, to win the competition is another conversation. Yes, but again, if you're if you're playing uh, PSG or Bayern Munich, their defenses aren't really great 
either. Mm. So, so you okay. probably still have enough to go through them. The, the question then becomes, what about the midfield and, 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 the, and the attack of the other teams? And so would you say City now, have... Would you say City have the best defense remaining in the competition? I would say so, probably. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's between City and Chelsea, to be honest. Right. Yeah, and we'll and we'll get to Chelsea later. So maybe we can revisit this a little bit later. Um, I can't help but be nervous for City here, right? Like, I I clamor for the big games because I want them to play tougher competition and get used right. to changing the mindset, which I think they've done a very good job at shifting the mindset from a team that cannot come back from you know overcoming uh the obstacle right so once they go down can they get back in the game and i think for a long time the answer was no i'm at a place now where i think yeah you know what like i don't know if we're still as fragile that if we concede first we just won't go through i think that city have and i think the reason for that was because city didn't have the destroyer like solid foundation at the back which was ruben diaz to just stabilize everything and i think if nothing else what he's done is stop you know, the worrying so that, you know, everybody going forward has a little bit less to worry about. They still have to be tight defensively. Don't get me wrong, but they have a little bit less to worry about. And Holland will be a huge worry. And I don't know if Ruben Diaz will be able to handle it. Like, I don't know if anybody's able to handle it. Holland's freaking incredible. I don't know what the solution is. I have definite, like, reasonable and rational fear. I, but... But there's a reason City are considered one of the favorites, right, of this competition. They have a very, very strong side, and they're playing very, like, ruthlessly tactically. So I think as long as Pep doesn't decide to overcomplicate things and start playing things that won't work just for the sake of, oh, but they'll never see this coming. No, dude, do what you do. Play Gundogan, play Kev. You know, that's your midfield eights. Gundogan is box-to-box, Kev, where he always does. Then play Mares, maybe Gabby or Bernardo you know, and, and Phil on the left. Yep. Because if it's Sterling, it, right? it's going to be a problem. Yeah. That's just it. It all falls down to Pep and his decisions on the day or on mm-hmm. the days because it is a two-legged tie. Yep. And maybe that helps you out. Maybe he messes it up in the first one, but you still have enough. You got, like, you're still in the game for the second leg. And that's not something that you had last year in the knockout competition. So right. in a one-off game, more likely that, you know, an underdog can pull something out of the bag here. But right. in, in two games, you probably favor City for, for that. Because yeah, that's there's still fair. a second shot as long as you don't concede too many away goals. Is the first leg at home for you guys? Uh, I, Well, I think it's neutral. I think the venue's neutral. So I don't actually think it what matters because they're a German team, right? So I don't think we can actually go to Germany to play them. No, but but I think a team still adopts the away, um, that's the away true. side. That, that's fair. City are the home side for the first one. But well, I just... So as long as right, you don't concede, like as long as you're not two to three goals down... In terms of away goals, that's true. Even if you're not down, like even if they score, like like even if two, it's not in our goals, stadium, yeah. if City can keep a clean sheet for their home fixture, yeah, then you trust them in a one-off game to just not concede a whole bunch and just be able to edge it out. That's and honestly, exactly I'm not it. even looking for clean sheets. Like, don't don't get me wrong. I would love for us to get clean sheets all the time, but I don't think that's a realistic expectation against at this stage in the competition. I think everybody, you wouldn't be here if you weren't good enough to put the ball in the back of the net. So I think expecting clean sheets at this stage is a little bit of a stretch. However, I can also see Pep this year in particular with how good our defense has been saying, you know what? Our top priority this year is making sure the ball doesn't go in the net. 
So I don't care if the games are boring. We're not going to concede and we're going to get one goal. We're going to get two goals. We're going to make sure that we just get the job done. However, it needs to get done. And if we play like that, as opposed to being like super open and trying aggressively to go score and then leave ourselves to get encountered. Yeah. I like the chances. Right. And injury illness permitting, I think I'd have uh, City as my favorites. And, yeah, and that's a key sure. statement as well for, for another title we're going to get to later on. Yep, for sure. Um, I think we could segue now to, the, I, well, exactly that, Bayern PSG, because it's also on this side of the bracket. Right. This is a rematch of last year's, and that's fine, right? Like, you're okay with doing that? Because I would say, let's go to Madrid-Liverpool, because that's technically the next game. But I want to do one side of the bracket at a time. It's a rematch of last year's semifinal, which means whether or not you believe last year the two best teams in Europe, because the t- it's a rematch the- of last year's final, right? Yeah. Is that not what is I said? That, is that oh my bad, my bad. It's a sem. Sorry, it's a rematch of last year's final, and regardless of whether or not you think that that means you're the two best teams in Europe, because that's not necessarily no. yeah. what it means, right? The way that the bracket is kind of drawn, it's not necessarily that like one will play two. It kind of like even look at the way that it's structured this year, right? I would say one, two, and three are all on one side, and the next best side is probably on the other side. So, really, like best case scenario, one will play the fourth best team in Europe, right? In a final, which could go either way. But anyway, Bayern Munich didn't look like they were the best side in Europe for a while. Then they looked like they were. We did an episode saying, are they still Champions League favorites? And I think it's gone up and down. Now, over international break, Robert Lewandowski suffered a knee injury that's going to keep him out for four weeks, meaning he's going to miss both both legs of this yep. of the quarterfinal here. That's a big, big miss. That is huge. And it's over two legs, which means that the sides aren't necessarily going to be so defense-oriented. They're, they're going to be more willing to go and play. So I actually think this might be a better game. The problem is Bayern don't have their lethal weapon. El Pistolero, the goal scorer. Oh, well, the, the Polish yeah. Pistolero. <laughs> no, I don't know how to say Pistolero in Polish. Do you know? Very strong Polish. No idea. Just put some slashes through the O's and Pish, put some accents over Pistolesic or something. <laughs> uh, sounds too Croatian. No, but I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, we'll call, yeah, Pistolesic or Serbian because they have all the itches, all the itches that we learned about through international. I'm break. looking it up so that I can keep going for my. Uh, Go for it. Talk. Well, that's just not nice. I, I don't feel that's a compliment. Come oh, on. Oh, no, that's piston. Like, no, a, like a an gunman. engine piston. What's the gunman? Pistol. Oh, this is very underwhelming. What is Pistolet. it? All right. El pistolet. What's, <laughs> what's the in... Uh, in how, how would you to. say the? To. What's that? To. To. To pistolet. All right. Yes, Polish success. Anyway, that guy, the guy, the man, the arguable Those are one of our Ballon d'Or segments, by the way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> As we just look things up online. As we basically try to figure out, you know, who's the better side here. I think Bayern Munich are the better side, but they're missing their their guy, A the gem. guy. Yeah. Not to mention, like the number one guy on the planet right now, and Ballon d'Or robbed last year. Who knows if they're going to do it again this year? Probably prob- favorite for this one. Probably favorite for this year as well, yeah. depending on how everything goes. But man, I tell you what, he's a huge absence because it's not like Bayern have a second striker. No. Who's going to play? Like, who's going to play there? Who's going to play there? Triple Moting against PSG again? I don't know. <laughs> I maybe, guess. Maybe they play Serge Nabry as a false nine. Maybe they, they, I don't know. 
I don't know. Maybe it's I mean, Kingsley Kimmich Coleman can play who plays anywhere. At... Maybe he can try out as a number nine. <laughs> oh, why not, bro? Yeah, honest to God, that guy's nasty. But they have nobody else there, so that causes me tremendous concern. If the gunman can't make it to the to the gunfight, right? Right. So Neymar is going to be back. He's going to be fresh. Mbappe is fresh off the performance of his life, quite frankly. I don't know. Could you see a changing of the guard here where this kind of derails Bayern's whole season? It evens it up. I had Bayern as my favorites for this one. Lewandowski not being there evens it up. I think Bayern's still a good enough team to be without him to be competitive in this game. But I just think the manner in which he got injured was really, really annoying. Um, I just watched the England-Poland game today and they really, like England were so lucky that Lewandowski wasn't playing. The guy could have had a hat-trick by the 60th minute mm. the way that England were playing. And and if if you're the Polish manager, like, or sorry, if I'm Hansi Flick, I'm literally saying this guy's not going to Poland if, ever again for your international Oh, breaks. ever again. Because yep. they played him against teams that they that he really shouldn't have been playing against. And they mm. played 90 minutes most of all. If anything, you play the easy games without him and then play him for the England game because that's the big one. And like I said, it's not like they played badly. They like really missed him. And, uh, and England were lucky to not have him. So uh, going back to Bayern and PSG, this for me evens it out a little bit because I still right. think that that they're good enough to to be competitive with PSG with their current squad, even if Neymar's there, even if Mbappe's there. But he he was he was the guy. He was the guy that took it over yeah. for me, and now he's not there. The thing is, like, I worry about this a lot. And if I'm Bayern, like, they're the favorites, right? I just I don't think they're the favorites without him, right? It's like you take the best player off of a very good team. Are they still the, are they that far ahead in first that you could they could lose their best player and still be the best? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Now, if he's back for the time of the semifinal, should they make it that far? Yup, right back in it, right back in it. But PSG have a point to prove, and over two legs, they're defensively sound. We saw what they did to Barca, and Barca are no Bayern, like not even close. But I think the point still stands. PSG ran through Barca without Neymar. And then the second performance, they played very conservatively. So be it. So they had to get the, the job done. Yeah. Now over two legs, looking to get revenge for last year and knowing if they knock out Lewandowski or not, if they knock out Bayern Munich, they can they have to become the favorites. Yeah. I mean Is that fair? Like and even if City are are in the semi at that point, I still think the team that dethrones the champ is the new favorite. It's like, dude, there's a new king in town because they just did it. Yeah, but I, I don't think football's that binary, to be honest. I, I think some teams matchups, yeah, because stylistically numbers, we have right? different matchups. In, in I, the I UFC that, or in tennis, I, I probably agree with you because it's a it's a individual sport. But yeah. with with football or you know any team sport, I don't know much about basketball, but I probably keep the same um, the same opinion for that. Some yeah. teams are just heavily matched up against certain teams, right? Like <laughs> Liverpool had Pep's number and and. City were still City got 100 points and right we we see United have been beating City away from home but we can still say that City are a much better team at the moment but some right. some teams are just perfectly matched for other teams so I, I wouldn't perhaps make that jump I'd still say if Bayern's not in it then City are my favorites but the to each their own right yeah I guess really like I think that they're the favorites in the sense that once you you kind of earn you command that Momentum. respect. Yeah. But but I, but maybe not necessarily in a in a in a one-off game against Man City. In a two-legged game, you're even against City, you'd say, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like who knows cuz City were probably the next best. But I think that number 3 knocking off number 1 
they just command a certain amount of respect that maybe, maybe that intimidates city, quite frankly, you know, like, or Dortmund or whoever it is that they say, you know what? No, like we just slayed Byron, the beast that is Byron. With a bit of of, uh, momentum there. Yeah. And who, not to mention, did Lewandowski score the winner in the Champions League final last year? I don't think so. No, he didn't. It was Kingsley Coleman. Yeah, it was Coleman. Yeah. So I'm not saying that just because he, he isn't there that, uh, you know, they're, they're still able to score right now. Lewandowski obviously had a tremendous influence on that game, but Nonetheless, the point still stands. It's not like Lewandowski scores every single goal and he's one of the 11 men who always start. Yeah. I mean, he's got a goal every 60-something minutes this season, which is outrageous. But yes, Just I, I, I know your point. Just stupid. Now, that being said, do Bayern have a good enough squad without him to hold off PSG? Not in his position. <laughs> I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like, I, I don't... I, I honestly don't have an answer because I don't know now what the next step is. Like, for as good as as they are putting the ball in the net, and they and they are, Lewandowski is is terrifying, a terrifying presence that everybody has to keep in mind of all the time. And if that yeah. presence isn't there, I just feel like PSG can afford to be a little bit looser and let their Relaxed. attack run run riot. Quite frankly, now Davies is a fantastic equalizer because pace is a tremendous equalizer in this in this kind of matchup, right? Over two legs, we've seen what Davies can do going forward. We know how good his recoveries are going back. And maybe, because last year we didn't actually get to see the Davies versus Mbappe matchup the way that we wanted to, right? right? Maybe over two legs we will. We'll get to see, like, okay, if both these guys are chasing a long ball, who's going to make it? I, I mean, can't wait to yes, see that. I just don't think Mbappe's going to track back for most of the game. So Davies is probably going to have the upper hand for, I'd say, the majority of the runs. Yeah, Mbappe's going to track back, but not that much. I don't think so because I think uh, PSG are going to be going. I, I just don't think Mbappe is going to do that much of a double marking job on on Alfonso Davies going. Oh forward. no, no, me neither, me neither. No, 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 I'm saying if the if they're both at the halfway line and Muller or or whoever Verratti sends a long ball from the midfield. Oh, you mean you mean him tracking with, back? You mean Davies tracking? back? I mean Davies tracking back and Mbappe trying to get that. Like in that step, who who's faster? I can't wait to find that out. Yeah. It's like the Superman versus Flash thing. Yeah, in exactly. The first, and in the first if, one, yeah. If we had to lock it in right now, because I want to move on to the other fixtures, who you got? If you had to say right now, between Bayern and PSG, Bayern without Lewandowski, PSG with Neymar back. I'd go with, I'd still favor Bayern. I'd still I'm favor gonna, Bayern. I, I would still favor them. I'm going to take PSG. I'm going to make it interesting. Okay. All right, fair I'm enough. I'm going to take PSG. I'm going to say, you know what? They have a point to prove. They haven't gotten any worse. They're getting Neymar. They're getting really like a top five best player in the world back into the squad and and Bayern lost theirs. Yeah. Fair enough. Let's see. Yeah, the you momentum know? shift is is definitely through a spanner in the works for this for this one. Right. And if Bayern, even for one second, consider this as oops, like, oh damn, we lost our best guy. That's it. PSG are gonna eat him up. So they have to come out there ruthless, like like a true Bavarian machine and say, not we don't need him to beat you guys, and then just go out and conquer. And if that happens. Bayern are beating everybody. 100%. Bayern are beating everybody. All right, now let's segue to the other side of the bracket. Brethren, the first game that will kick us off will be uh, Madrid versus Liverpool. A story with quite a few narratives, to say the least. yeah. Now let's talk about just this side of the bracket for a second. Kind of ridiculous, right? It is pretty ridiculous. ridiculous. None of these teams should be in a Champions League final. None of them, right? You you probably thought that the max any of these teams would would go is, is a semifinal. Yeah, at best. Exactly. Most part, I'd say, you know, quarterfinal probably, you know, are the most part. Now, 
if we examine Liverpool this season domestically versus the Champions League, they're two entirely different entities. However, the most recent outing that we have from Liverpool was against a back three. And back three, you you, you can't play that against Liverpool because they're they're just gonna they're just gonna tear you apart. It's too dynamic. No matter how bad their form is. My question is their form domestically has been atrocious. (laughs) They're now playing against yeah, they're now playing against the competition's greatest ever side with a ver- an aging squad that has tremendous problems and only one guy who can put the ball in the back of the net. We get all that, including Ramos coming back. That's a big addition. The mentality of Real Madrid in this competition, playing against somebody who they've beaten in a Champions League final before, is that going to be enough to overcome their negative form? Or Liverpool now going to exude their championship mentality in this competition and say, you know what? No, we're going to dethrone you guys again. Like, we're going to get past you guys and then really like really go for this because obviously it it doesn't seem like it's happening domestically for Liverpool. So maybe their chances to win this competition and the draw favors them heavily to do so. Yeah. I think Liverpool would have benefited a lot from this international break as you know, as long as no one got injured Mm -hmm. and I think someone might have actually gotten injured. I just can't remember who I think I saw something about one of their players getting injured. But anyway. Well, it wasn't Trent because he didn't get picked. Nope. <laughs> Unless he got injured in training. I think Liverpool yeah. should lose just because Allison got a mustache now and looks terrible. <laughs> hey, <laughs> as a representative of the mustache community, yeah, I like that mustache. mustache. And your mustache is nice. His mustache makes him look like a weird, weird adult actor. Yeah, his is pretty creepy. Yeah. It's, it's pretty strange, creepy. Right? That's like, fair. Yep. Looking at him, you don't you don't look at him with someone with confidence. You look at him and it's like, oh, this guy's going through some stuff. And, <laughs> and you know, he probably just This is the kind of guy who's, who hasn't had Van Dyke for a couple of months and he's no. losing his mind. So he's like, yeah, you know this what? is the guy who's had to play behind, you know, like Kabak and whoever else they played in there. Phillips. <laughs> he's nah, becoming Ron Swanson. He's trying to become Ron Swanson. He he's like, I will yeah, become I think he's will, losing his mind a little bit. Yeah, I will exceed gladiator level and I will go out there to just kill men. Man, <laughs> yeah, I think he might need a second baptism just to bring him back a little bit. <laughs> just come back. Um, Honestly, jokes aside, yes, I, jokes I think aside. the point I was trying to make here is the refresh, the the you know some time off from you know from just the Liverpool atmosphere and and all the all the sadness and all the disappointment that's going on in the club, and it's probably like a big cloud that's that's over their head constantly in the training ground, and just taking a break, coming back a little bit, that's probably the best thing that could have happened to them at that time. So maybe they're back and fresh and, and regrouping a little bit. And I think it does even it out a little bit, especially now that they have the Champions League under their belt. When they lost to Madrid, they didn't have that. But now yep. they have that net. Now they have the backing of, we've done this. We've done this more recently than you have. So yeah. it's a little bit even at this point. Like, they're the reigning Premier League champions, which should say a lot. The problem is they're so bad domestically this year that you're left thinking, like, well, what exactly do we have to be afraid of? But then in the Champions League, they look like an entirely different squad. Now, honestly, like, this squad is – this entire fixture is kind of silly to me because they're so – both of them are underachieving so hard that you're like, what is going on? Like this, if both of them were on form, this would be probably the tie of the of everything, right? It'd be like, yes. oh my God, it's Liverpool-Madrid. That's fantastic. But Madrid have Benzema. And that's about it. No one else is contributing to goals, right? Their midfield is heavily, heavily, heavily aging. Sergio Ramos is back now. Of this very old core, 
this this one cha- four Champions Leagues, and they were much younger back then. Fair enough, but they have the mentality. No one can ever question Real Madrid's championship pedigree, especially in this competition. And with all of the injuries that Liverpool have and everything that's going wrong for them domestically, I I have to give the edge to Madrid. I have to of because course. Madrid can, and we've seen it before. Even last last year when they won La Liga. They yes. flipped the switch. It was when we came back from break, you have to win every game if you want to win La Liga. And they did. Yeah. They flipped the switch and they got it done. I think looking at how the bracket is now, knowing that they're on the easier, so- easier side, it's more likely that they can say, you know what, like probably we're not going to win La Liga this year. And maybe we're not even good enough to win the Champions League. But we definitely have the, cha- have the mentality to reach this final. I think they're the most, yeah. by far the most experienced in the competition. They have the experience beating Liverpool before. And quite frankly, if Liverpool, with their weakened, like severely weakened squad, can edge past the championship mentality of Real Madrid, then that is a one hell of an accomplishment for them. And that completely will shift my perspective of where, they sh- of where they're going uh, going forward. I totally agree. I think, you know, often we, we take... Uh, different sides so that it, it's a little bit more interesting and we can make some yeah. points but there's no world in which either of us picks liverpool right yeah and and i think bias aside i would yeah, have to agree I was just with, gonna say bias aside yeah yeah bias aside i'd have to agree with with you on that that you know the pedigree speaks for itself the the experience speaks for itself and there's there's something about the mentality of being able to get it done that liverpool have lacked and have found last year because last year they weren't playing better than they did the year before in the league. They just knew how to get it done. Right. And they're coming up against it. And they're going to have to be on their absolute best in, in order to, to, you know, silence Real Madrid and actually dominate them uh, because, of, because of Madrid's mentality. And I don't think Liverpool have it in them at, that, at this time. And again, right. whoops can happen. Yeah. We've said it before. You know what? I might have actually picked Liverpool if if Real Madrid weren't getting Ramos back. But I think by getting him back yeah. to like re like getting their captain and their leader back, it's like oh man, like Serge ain't losing, right? Like they lost to City last year, that was one thing. But Serge, you know, Ramos is it wants to leave with a parting gift this summer. And yeah. honestly, I think the way that the bracket worked out for them couldn't have been better. No, it played directly into their hands. Yeah, exactly. Now, let's wrap around to the last fixture of, uh, of the Champions League for this year, for the quarterfinal. Porto versus Chelsea. And there's a lot of meat here. There is a lot of meat here. And, and you might not think that, reading those names. You wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Now, I want to start with Porto and, go, and then go to Chelsea. Actually, I'll start with... Yeah, no, I'll start with Porto. I'll start with Porto. Okay. At what point are you recognized as a giant killer? How many, how many giants do you have to take out? Because you might say, well, dude, they only beat Juve. Yeah, but they beat Juve, right? Like, <laughs> they beat big match Ronaldo <laughs> over two legs. They got it done. They held on in extra time with 10 men, I might add. What else did they do? Well, they gave City a run for their money twice in the group. Twice. They've earned my respect, if nothing else. And now I'll segue to Chelsea because Chelsea... At a time, I, I I was like, dude, under Lampard, I there was no way that they were getting past Atletico Madrid. There was no way. Yeah. But under Tuchel, and I said we'd revisit the defense from earlier, might have the best defense remaining in the competition. They and keep it's it weird. tight. And it's weird because it's a team effort now. You look at you look at the yep. defenders and the starting defenders, and and you go, well, how is this team the best defensive team in the league, mm. or or sorry, not in the league, in in the Champions League? Yep. And it's because it's a system. 
the, as as we've said multiple times, and when we when we did our analysis of Chelsea a couple episodes ago, Tuchel has no interest in playing the the players that they bought. He has no interest in that because he has no obligation to do so. Right. So he went, "How do we not lose?" And he said, "This, I'm going to build a team that no one wants to play against," and he did it. I'm going to build a team that takes control of games and plays the game that I want to play. And they've done that incredibly well. Right. And they haven't lost, I think, in, in the time that he's been there. I don't think so. Barely conceded. Yeah. Well, exactly. not, not domestically, they haven't. They haven't lost. Uh, I don't think they've lost in the Premier in the Champions League. I don't think so either. Don't quote I me think, on that. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I, they've I had would... an incredible run, though, nonetheless. Agreed. And here's but, the thing. Okay, go ahead. I have a question for you, so I'll wait for yeah, you to say what you want to say. Yeah, ask me this Here's the thing. When I saw this bracket, you know what the first thing that came to my mind was? What? Chelsea are going to the finals. Right. And I, I would agree. have never thought that when Lampard was in charge. So they edged past Atletico Madrid, and we did a whole rebuild because of that. But across, to, across anybody, dude, honestly, like, I would be petrified to face this Chelsea side in the final. If I'm Bayern, if I'm... If I'm City, if I'm PSG, whoever, I'd be like, yo, this is now an entirely different competition. And if your objective is don't lose and make sure that you can take control of games and play the game that you want, Tuchel Ball is doing that. They've like that. better than any. They've and they don't have before. the best squad. They don't have the best squad. They don't have the best players. But their their ability to take charge of a game is terrifying. Now, I wanted to I want you to ask me that question, but I wanted to compare this giant slayers argument versus the team that I think could very well win the Champions League this year, <laughs> which is terrifying, man. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I had a similar reaction when, when I saw the draw. I Because I've said this before, my roommate, shout out, Gindy. He's a Chelsea fan. And mm-hmm. I told him. So is oh, Joe. Shout out, Joe. Congrats on, yeah, shout out, Joe, as well. Congrats on making it to the final. Because I, that's how, I, how confident I was in doing that. Because I think they can beat Liverpool if Liverpool make it through. And I think... Yep. They've got enough to shut Madrid out because Madrid don't, as we've said, don't really have that much going for them in terms of their attack at the moment. Don't so, have very much to offer. Yeah. But what I will ask you this is, um, do you think these are two teams that prefer to sit back and then what happens? No. I think that here's, – here's the thing. I think we just saw on a very high scale what Atletico Madrid do, Right. That was, yes. That's what Porto are going to try to do, which is defend deep, get a goal, defend deep, and keep it together and keep it tight. And they were able to do that for two legs against Juve. Now, Juve are bad. Juve can't <laughs> take control of games in the same way. They can't score goals the same way. They don't have the creative players. They don't have the clinical instinct. They don't have the creativity. They don't have any of that. I think in this game, Chelsea aren't going to be standoffish at all. I think it'll be Porto who are going to play pretty much the same way, which is what you have to do when you're in the, the lower stage of this competition. Porto can't, they don't have the squad, the, the, the squad quality or talent to, to dictate the game, yeah. right? All they can do is try to get one and then, and then defend. And I think playing against Tuchel's Chelsea, which doesn't really concede and takes charge of the game, I think it'll just be like 90 minutes of Chelsea running the show where they just have to edge them out. But I would have said the same thing, about, and I did say the same thing, about Juve, about we know what, what Porto are going to do. The question is, are, are they going to be able to do it? And the fact is, in the first leg, they, they scored in the first minute of both halves. Then in the second one, they were able to just, just out of sheer grit, determination, and resiliency, they got it done, right? Yeah. Now against Chelsea, I, I just don't see it. 
I just see Chelsea, and and if they do, Porto are winning the Champions League. <laughs> if they do, bro, because there comes a point where you just have to be recognized as giant killers, and if all you have left to play against is giants, great. And there was a time when you would have never said Porto winning the Champions League. Yeah, tell that to Mourinho, right? He did it. He did it. And if we have a new young manager who's approaching it with the same philosophy, and I think that's very interesting, but I obviously that's I would never place that bet, right? I think Chelsea are certainly going to take full advantage of a standoffish side, dictate the game fully, control the tempo, score a few goals, and just edge them out, ease them out. Yeah. I would have to agree, but I think if Porto are able to get through, they're going to the final, and it's going to be boring. Hell and it's yeah. going to be you know, very interesting to see what happens, but... It might be like a, it might be like an Iceland situation at the Euros, right? Yo, you, why you not, have man? No idea. You never know. You never yeah. know. I really like um, this Porto side to do what they've been doing so far. I just, I think there gets to a point where it's like, nah, you just can't do it anymore. The, yeah, and, and there are and levels to the Giants. Yeah, and this now I would have actually picked Porto if they had drawn Real Madrid. Right. Yes. I probably would have, right? Because yes. Real Madrid don't have a lot going for them, right? Especially against Liverpool, said that. I don't know. I don't know if I would have picked them against Liverpool, but for different reasons. Against Chelsea, I certainly will not pick them because Chelsea, <laughs> Thomas Tuchel has made a point now of just saying like, and this is kind of polar opposite to what I, my initial reaction when Chelsea got appointed, to when Tuchel got appointed because I was like, dude, I just don't think you can do that to the squad and then expect perfection. The thing is you approach it with the mindset of, well, how he's how is he going to crack this puzzle of selection? And he said, oh, no, I'm just going to play them how I want to play them. I, I don't care about what who you guys want to play. I'm going to play the best version of the team that I yep. that I think can get the most that's results. That's the best thing for that squad. And he's done it. Right, exactly. He's done it perfectly. And honestly, like it, it's working well. He's like, I don't need Timo Werner. I don't need Christian Pulisic. I don't need Kai Havertz. I just need the guys who are in my rotation to go out and do what I'm telling them to do. And with Kovacic bossing it in the middle with their wide attacking players, like their wide fullbacks, Mason Mount running it in midfield and Giroud just there to be the big man up top. It works. Mm -hmm. Yes. I would have to agree with that. So if we're going to do our predictions going into this, and then I want to do a quick Europa League preview and then we'll wrap. Who are your predictions for these four games? I would go on the one side, I go City and Bayern. And then on the other side, I go Chelsea and and Liverpool. Those those, mm, Real Madrid. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll go City, PSG, for the sake of argument. Remember, keeping in mind that Lewandowski won't be there. Um, Madrid and Chelsea. And then we can revisit this in the semi and stuff. Maybe, but they'll get to a point where we can't necessarily do full podcasts about just previewing semis because that'd be a deep dive into analysis. We'll just make clips for the YouTube channel and stuff and we'll squeeze them in as we talk about all the competitions. And of course, just like we said, it was going to be obvious at the round of 16, surely an, an upset's going to happen here and and something's going to happen. Yeah. And it makes us and say whoops. I think that's going to be the PSG one. Like, I think I've predicted the oops. Okay. I think PSG now, like, I think they have they're it. Pretty big of, they're pretty big, to be honest. <clears throat> I don't know if that's, an, that's a whoops. It'll definitely be a whoops. It's if, no longer uh, an obvious win since Lewandowski's out. No, I know, but that that's why I'm picking them, right? That's why. So you're going to, you, it'll be you say whoops. <laughs> All right, I'll learn how to say whoops in Polish. <laughs> All right. I think it'll probably be the same, just with some some slashes through the L's. It's just the L with the slash for whoops. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. All right, now let's preview just the Europa League real quick. Um, the Europa League competition, I want you to tell me a little bit about how United have been, well, 
I hate to be crude about this, but who's going to face United in the final? Because if nothing else, no one can say that United had an easy path to the final. United, it was hard fought, but they got it done. And now if we look at the bracket, United knocked out Sociedad and Milan, which were two of the strongest sides in the competition. Now they face Granada, who have been able to edge out Napoli in their own right, right? They've, They've earned quite a bit of respect. But on paper, Granada are the weakest side in the competition. And United are probably the strongest side in the competition, right? Yes. So you trust United to... And then United have the hard side of the bracket too because they're going to face probably the next hardest team, which would be Ajax or Roma, Roma, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to go full predictions for all four of these with less intensity of a breakdown, but ask you, what do you think of of everything that's happened in the competition so far and what do you project uh, United to do? I hope we get our players back is what I'll say. Um, Fully fit, even 80% fit, I'd favor us to go to the final. But like like we said, man, like if we if Pogba's not back, there's a gaping hole in that central midfield area mm-hmm. because you can't play McTominay and Fred if you're if you want to hold possession because that's not going to happen. Right, and we've seen that happen before, and we saw <clears> it happen <throat> against Leicester with Ajax and, and Roma. I'd have to go with Ajax just because I think so too. They're yeah. the more exciting team of the two, and. I like Roma, though. I got my Totsi jersey right here. Yeah. Got it in Roma. Roma, to be honest, have been doing quite well in this competition. They've yeah. they've done well to get to this point. I just Another a polar opposite of domestically, right? Domestically, they can't figure it out. But in this competition, they've been, they've been able to. And if you know what? Like, it's not a bad thing to have a championship pedigree in a knockout competition. Yeah. And, and I mean, another team that hasn't figured it out in the league, but has figured it out in this competition is Arsenal. And I think they are probably right. going through to the final as well. I want to talk about that side of the bracket in a second, but you predict uh, United with a fully fu- with a fully fit squad to edge past Granada and then the winner of Ajax and Roma. Uh, I should hope so. Yeah, I should oh, hope so. Right. I mean, um, I think United have enough for sure. Going into the game against Granada, we we definitely have enough to to beat them. And I think on paper they're certainly the strongest, right? Yeah, and 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 like I say, at every single round, if we don't beat this team, it's probably down to the individual errors. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's not it's not going to be because we haven't scored or or we've been nailed and and they, yeah. they won the midfield battle and, and we just lost to it because it's not like we're playing Leicester in the FA Cup where the, we genuinely lost to the better team on that day in this t- in this time and as well by the way the, the Leicester opened the scoring due to an individual mistake mm-hmm. my friend so momentum shifted already and you can't do that against a team like Leicester against a team like Granada. If we make too many mistakes and if we become too lethargic, then we're going to lose. But, And that's the big caveat with that. See, my concern with this would actually be um, a mentality one. And it's not one to, to, to shit all over United's mentality. But it's more like there's when you rise up for big games, right? And Sociedad were, whether or not people want to acknowledge it, one of the favorites in the competition. So that was a big game, right? You had to get through that, that game. Then you had to get through Milan, who were probably recognized pretty heavily as one of one of the damn near top five, maybe even top three favorites to win the competition. And you got the job done there too, right? You just kind of shut them out. You're like, nope, yep. this is what we're going to do. I wonder if the mentality now will be, even though you're facing a smaller team deeper in the competition, if you will have any concerns, and I want to ask you this, are you going to have any concerns about the United players not necessarily showing up with the same aggression and ruthless energy to get the job done and, imp- and impose their will on a side with very little to lose. Because I find often when you're facing underdogs with nothing to lose, who have progressed to a far, like pretty far in the competition, those are sometimes the scariest matchups. 
Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. I wouldn't say that I would give them that excuse because they've mm. shown this year that they have the the talent to break down a low block, but they just haven't been That's able true. to to maintain um, possession in a bigger game. But so so that's the reason I, I probably won't give them that excuse. If it was this this was last year, yeah, because we weren't able to break down uh, low blocks last year, and this team is good enough to go through against Granada against two legs. If we lose the first leg, yeah. but we but we win, then yeah. So I won't give them that excuse. If they do end up not performing because of their mentality, then that's ultimately on them because I don't see us getting tactically outclassed by Granada. I don't see us losing the midfield battle. I don't see us doing anything other than making mistakes and. Um, and and not showing up, and that's I, not an excuse that they should have at this at this stage. I think that'll only happen if you guys decide, like, if the players just are like, "Ah, it's just Granada, like we can get it done." And exactly. then I I could see a scenario where it's just like, "Yo, their press is just seems so much stronger. Like, why can we not play through this?" And it's because it's like, "Oh, damn, they're actually way harder." So, and I think it's hard. Often, it's very hard to prepare for those kind of games because you want to just believe that, yeah, you'll just get the job done. And you think that you're not being dismissive of them. But the fact is, everybody knows you, when it's a big game, the, there's a shift in mentality. And I, I can't accuse United of this. You know better than I whether or not the squad will be able to. But I think that is definitely something to be uh, concerned about. Anytime you have a favorite playing against a team with very little to lose, the the risk of them just going, ah, it's just this I, team. I agree. And that's and that's what I'm saying. It is something to be concerned about, but it's not right. something that that they should go into the game with right yeah that's what yeah. i'm saying you I'm can't saying, give them too much respect because you still have to implement your will right exactly and that and that's exactly it you can't you can be concerned of it as a fan but as a player as, as someone in the staff as as a manager you have to make sure that that doesn't happen because it's right. one thing to to lose on the day against against uh, ajax or roma it's another thing to not show up mentally for two games against granada yeah that's fair yep Totally fair. Uh, okay, let's look at the other side of the bracket now. Um, Arsenal versus Slavia Prague and Dynamo Zagreb versus <laughs> versus Villarreal. And I can't help but laugh when I see Dynamo Zagreb's <laughs> name. It's because of what happened against Tottenham. <laughs> yes. That's so funny. Like, With dude, their manager they, still in prison. Their manager was in prison three days before the game, and they went out there and beat Tottenham, who already had a, <laughs> an advantage against them. It's so funny. So they got the job done with a miraculous hat trick, and now they've moved on, sending Tottenham packing, and that's great, to be honest. But now they <laughs> face Villarreal, and Villarreal is Unai Emery, and Unai Emery knows how to win this competition. Yep. This is kind of what he does. My favorite right? thing about this draw is that we can get a Unai Emery versus Arsenal in, in the semifinal. That's an That's my favorite thing about that, about that draw. Can I tell you, though? I, I, don't, think that's, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Slavia no, Prague... Exactly is going to go through? No, I think Slavia Prague is going to go through. I think it'll be Villarreal, but I think it'll be Slavia Prague. And the reason is that, dude, Ooh. do you know who they beat? Yes. They, they beat, beat Rangers, right? They beat Rangers, who are, like, undefeated domestically. I think that, that speaks to how Scotland is, just by the way. If you're like, the Scottish <laughs> Championship deserves more credit. Yeah, okay. But then when they get into the big boy stage of the competition, they lose. But they beat Leicester, too. They shut out Leicester. They were boring games. But Leicester, like, probably should have won this tournament. Leicester, I think, to be fair to them, are probably the... I'd, at absolute worst, the third best team on paper when we looked at the, the round of 32. Yes. And they crashed out in the very, very early stages, right? And that was to Slavia Prague. And then Slavia Prague went out and did the stuff against Rangers. Now they sit here against Arsenal. And I don't know if, if I don't know if you saw, but there may be discipline, disciplinary action taken against Slavia Prague. 
because oh, of the racial incident that happened on mm. the pitch. And I don't know what that full story is, and I don't know what the verdict will be on that. But I know I, I saw the the clip where you had a, a couple of Rangers players where basically there was an altercation, and then a Slavia Prague player walked up to a, a player on oh, Rangers and whispered yeah. something to him, and then he was like, "Ref, I swear on my mother, he just called me a monkey." And then, you know, so. I just don't know. Like, I don't think that he would have just accused him of that if he didn't say it, but I don't know what happened in the scenario and it's not my investigation to conduct. Did so you see Slavia... Gareth Bale elbow that guy in the face? Same no, guy. He was... Um, Same guy? Someone someone saw, had a picture of Bale um, wearing a t-shirt saying, show racism the elbow. And then he just elbowed mm. the guy in the face like, in the Wales game. Good, man. I hate... Because get that out of here. But we have yeah. to look at this because that would be UEFA's decision. So all we can do on this show is examine the matchup. So I think if we look at this from a standpoint of, well, Arsenal aren't necessarily the team that always get the job done. They like to make things a lot more complicated than they have to be. And they're not very good against sides who are, who are very good, quite frankly. And if Slavia Prague have the pedigree to knock out Leicester, who are way better than Arsenal, and then Rangers, who think of that what you will, but nonetheless, it's like, Dude, if Arsenal Arsenal do have a terrible mentality, and if they go into this fixture thinking, ah, it's just Slavia Prague, like whatever, this is just some nobody club, they could get humiliated. Yep. They could get embarrassed. And that wouldn't be that embarrassing because it's Arsenal, and Arsenal always <laughs> lose, and that's <laughs> just, it, it is what it is. But the thing is, I think that's something that we have to keep in, in mind here. Arsenal could very well lose because they're just like, ah, it's Slavia Prague, we got this. And I'm not accusing Arteta of that because Arteta's a baller. I'm accusing the players of that because Arsenal love to talk about how great their players are, but they are not. Their players are not that good. Did and their mentality that, overall the squad is incredibly weak. What's that? Sorry to interrupt you. Remember no, no. that post I sent you? It was girls like, oh, it's... Um, yeah. All these players are like, oh, best left back in the league, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, yep. why are you still 10th? Dude, literally, they're, they're, you know, Arsenal fans love to talk, but no, not all Arsenal fans. We should say this. And yeah. speaking of Arsenal fans, we have to give this uh, a shout out to Claude from AFTV. And we should have started yes. with this, dude. I just remembered since we're talking about it, who passed away. That's devastating news. Yeah. Um, there was a time when, I don't know if you still do, Brethren, but there was a time when I would watch Arsenal Fan TV religiously. I know a lot of my friends did too. I know you did. I know Joe does. Because uh, it was a great media outlet, quite frankly. And their fan reactions were always very funny. And Claude was one of the main faces on the channel. And I don't know what the circumstances were of his passing, but obviously it's incredibly devastating. And everyone here at the Jersey will always send our sincerest condolences to Claude and his family. Yeah, apparently, um, I couldn't say that better myself, but apparently he was getting a lot of online abuse and and saying, and he lost his mom as well that, that year. And, mm. and and I think he was he was saying, don't worry, I'm, I'm going to go see her again soon anyway, no, and, and you'll have. So apparently it wasn't dealing with lockdown well mentally especially right. with the online abuse so you know just be careful of what you say online you know you don't know yeah. what some some of those people are going through and we we don't want to stay on this topic uh too long but we want everybody to know we here at the jersey wall are tremendous mental health advocates and if you or anybody you know is going through something uh, and you feel like there's no way out please please reach out to us because we're always here to lend a helping hand no matter who you are no matter where you're from we want to help you that being Absolutely. said, brethren, let's look forward into this competition and predict this. If it's Arsenal or Slavia Prague versus Villarreal, I don't. I just think there gets to a point where Villarreal's defense first and Unai Emery's championship pedigree in this competition has to have meaning. And I honestly don't think Arsenal have the mentality to edge past Slavia Prague. 
but I don't know how good Slavia Prague are because I'll be the first to admit I haven't watched that many yep. of their games. I do know how good Villarreal are, though. I know what they can do, and I know that in a knockout competition, that's the last side you want to face. So yep. who are you projecting to meet United in the final? I'm going to go with Villarreal, to be honest. I think they'll play Arsenal in the semifinal and they'll beat them. But if Arsenal can get their, you know, their stuff together, I think Arsenal can get to the final. I, I think they're good enough to go past Slavia Prague. I th- and I think they will. Yep. I just don't know if if they'll be good enough to, you know, get one over Unai Emery again. And I think he'll be playing with four revenge. And his right. teams know how to win Europa Leagues. That's for damn sure. And his side isn't the strongest in the competition. And to be honest, maybe Arsenal do have on paper the most high-profile team at the very least. But that doesn't mean that they have the best side. So... All in all, I started this segment the same way that I'll close it, which is, I don't know, Manchester United are the strongest team left in the competition. And I don't want to be too dismissive of the other teams across the league, but I also don't want to introduce false narratives. And I think it's very, very unlikely that any of these teams are able to beat United over two legs or in a final, quite frankly, because I think that they're so much stronger than all the other teams that it's not really going to matter, right? So we can do betting segments and talk about who you think, who we think you should take in each of these games. I would personally go United, Ajax, uh, Villarreal, and Slavia Prague. And you can parlay that if you want to. That would probably make you some good money if they all hit. That's who I foresee uh, reaching out. But the fact of the matter is, no matter who it is, I don't see any of these squads beating United. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because I don't want to put too much pressure on United or disrespect other teams, but I think if United don't win, that's a failure because they should absolutely finish this season either second or third place, depending on how much they prioritize Europa League, with their Europa League in their trophy cabinet. And that's a hell of an accomplishment, yeah. by the way. Yeah, especially when you consider the, the route to the final. Yeah. But like I said. Oh, if, no one can disrespect it, the route to it, the it final, It highly man. depends, you know. It highly depends on injuries, because if we lose Rashford or yeah. Bruno, we're, it's, that's it. it that's it's true. Over. Yeah. But, I mean. That's just, true. If you look at who's. This, yeah. Yeah, who are the best, like, if we were to rank all the players left in the competition, United probably have three of the five. Yes. Right? Yes, and I would agree with that. But And I I do think we should be going to win this competition, injury and illness permitting. And that's all I'll say on that. Yeah, for every, and that, that applies for everyone, right? That applies. We for could sure. all say that about everything, about every other stage in the competition. No matter who your team is, if you lose, and that's why I picked PSG over Bayern, right? But if, if at any point... Yes you lose your best player or a number of key injuries or players go missing, then obviously it's like, well, of course my prediction was wrong. That's not right. The context is very important. And right now we're assuming full strength, full health for everybody. And if that is to happen, uh, I just, I don't see a way that United lose. So would you agree with me though, that it's injury and and fitness permitting uh, that it would be a, a colossal failure if they didn't win this competition like like there's no one who's even on that if there was milan on the other side of the bracket and you ended up losing it to milan it wouldn't be a colossal failure because milan are a hell of a team or leicester but you're way stronger than everybody else yeah i agree with that but we haven't done well against arsenal and like i said some teams just have just have you know the number of of certain teams and if arsenal make it to the final i'll be worried for that game because we haven't done well against arsenal in any of the games we've played them um this season right so yeah uh, but I think that the team that I was worried about most is Leicester. And then mm-hmm. now it's Villarreal and then Arsenal if we do end up meeting them. And obviously, we'll meet one of those two. Yep. So, I would agree that it, it would be a failure if we don't win it. We sh- we we probably are favorites to win this competition and we should be going out, we're going out to go for it. Because ultimately, that's that's what this club is all about. And it would be great to see us do it. And 
context is important, but we'll see what it, what happens at the end. And you know me, I'm I'm quite I'm quite reserved. I don't like to because you know yeah. how it goes. If you say your team's gonna win, your team's gonna lose. Definitely, hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. Yeah, and, and, you, and know, you do the same when when it's you know, City in, in in the Champions League as well. Anybody so, City against so Brighton, I'm be... like, I don't know, man, I don't know, because you never know with Brighton, man. Eves Basuma sh- could show up, and then and there's a whole <laughs> you other. You don't know game, about right? the XG, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you just never know, right? So I completely agree <laughs> yeah. with you, and I, I hear you 100. I think being the favorites in a knockout competition is never where you want to be. I think you no. want to be kind of flying under the radar, and if you are high profile, you have a you have a target on your back, and you have the most pressure, right? That being yes. said, I think United have enough to get it done. And I think that that has to wrap up our show for today. I think so too. I hope we do get it done. I hope this team starts to learn how to win uh, trophies. And, and, you know, we've, we've offloaded some players that, that did win trophies with us in recent years. Mm-hmm. So this team really needs to start doing that. And, uh, and I can't wait to see what happens. Me too, bro. Me too. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to episode number 83. 83, brethren. That's the Barney Stinson number. It is the Barney Stinson number. It's for Barney. We should have suited up. Is this episode made up? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> anyway, we hope you guys enjoyed uh, this episode of the Jersey Wall Podcast. We hope our predictions are right going forward. If you Hopefully. like the show, please share it with your friends. Subscribe to us. Give us a follow if you're on Spotify. Wherever, wherever it is you're listening to us from, share it with somebody who you think would enjoy. We thank you for your support. We love you always. I've been Nathan Santos. You can follow me at the Nathan Santos on Instagram or follow us on, uh, on Instagram at TJW Podcast. Brethren, where can we find you? Mino.Golly98. And that's, that's on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram exclusive. Instagram, Instagram exclusive. exclusive. Mina doesn't want anybody to follow him on Twitter, so don't do that. If you like this show, please share it with your friends. Leave us a like, leave us a comment, subscribe to us. Find the podcast uh, at MasterChef Nay on YouTube. That's where you can find excerpts and fun other stuff that we do. That's the YouTube channel at MasterChef Nay. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in once again. And we look forward to seeing you right here, uh, back next week, right here on the Jersey Ball Podcast. Cheers.